Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you guys have been listening to Ask Women for a while, you probably know my voice associated with some cynicism, maybe some jokes you're not a fan of, or maybe you are a fan of because you've got great taste. Well, either way, I've come a long way from that cynical gal, and I'm doing amazing things helping guys get their banter and conversation skills on track, as well as making those dating profiles look not so terrible. Or dare I say good? No, dare I say great. I get them looking great. And I've been doing it long enough now that I'm seeing actual results coming in from guys that I've worked with. Like, you know, for example, engagements, things like that. I have to say, I feel pretty good about my skills. And those dudes do too. So if you want to be smooth and witty in conversation or smooth and witty in your profile, you know who to come and see. And that's me, Kristen. And I'm at kristenandchill.com. All of my stuff is up there if you guys want to hit me up and uh, get my help. So again, kristenandchill.com. Charm more than just her socks off. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have Matt Reynolds, who is going to talk to you all about not just building muscle, but building self-esteem from that muscle and so many other awesome things that I'm even going to put into practice. So keep listening. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast. It's your host, Kristen Carney from kristenandchill.com. Not here with Marnie Kinris. She is out sick. I don't think she's physically sick. I think she's mentally sick at the moment, kind of dealing with the isolation stuff and uh, being a full-time mom. So it's just me and our lovely guest who is more beautiful than Marnie will ever be in her entire life. We have Matt Reynolds (laughs) from Barbell Logic who is the owner and founder of it, who used to be a nerdy dude. And so that's what we're going to talk about, going from nerdy to not nerdy. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling me. Cool. (laughs) 280 pound powerlifters don't get called that very often, but I appreciate it. I like to keep things fresh for people. So That's good. They're just going to be able to listen to me. They can't see me, so they don't know that I look like Shrek. No, they'll believe me because they believe everything I say. And they know I have great judgment. Yeah, so I kind of look like John Hamm. He's a Missouri guy too. So I mean, if you just picture John Hamm and that's basically me. John Hamm, if he ate a lot of muscle ham. Yeah, and then shaved all his hair off. <laughs> Just like balking up with the protein. And had a huge beard. Yeah, that's, that's me. That's me. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for being here. And I want to get into the whole nerdy thing. So to start with, I want to know your journey and just like a quick little recap of it. So we know where we're starting from and then we know where we can get to, which is you, which is with the love of your life and the woman that you had a huge crush on when you were two years younger in high school. And then she all of a sudden made eye contact with you and then kept her eyes on you. So yeah, let's start with how that happened. Yeah, that's great. 
I was a nerdy, I was actually a Baptist preacher's kid growing up, which is pretty tough to be a pastor's kid growing up. Nerdy as could be, very good at math and science and all that stuff. Always said I was painfully average from a, an athletic standpoint, incredibly nervous around women. And really just sort of in a shell, I think. I just struggled to come out of that shell. I knew I was smart, but very much struggled, even though I was extroverted. And I like to talk to people. I like to be around people, but I had such low self-esteem. And some of that, I think, was because of my sheltered upbringing. I was homeschooled for early years and then went into public school and kind of later elementary. And that's that's a tough transition for kids. I was the skinny 150-pound weakling. And so I was average at sports and completely forgettable from a popularity standpoint in high school. And so I just didn't have an outlet to really... And no one to teach me, right? My dad was this wonderful man who everybody said nice things about, but he didn't really teach me how to be a, a man. He didn't teach me the things that mattered from a masculine standpoint. And so you know, he didn't teach me how to talk to women, didn't teach me how to carry myself well, didn't teach me how to have confidence. And so that was, that was tough. And so I discovered weightlifting my senior year of high school and fell in love with it. And again, I wasn't a meathead. I was in all the big college prep classes and scoring high on the ACT and things like that. But something happened to me, not just physically when I learned how to strength train, when I started doing... And it's really... It's, it's that kind of stuff that most guys do in kind of high school football, which I didn't play because I was too nerdy to play it. But squats and it's deadlifts and it's those big kind of meathead lifts... And it wasn't just what it did to my body, which it certainly it changed my body tremendously. And some of that helped because I hit puberty really late, which was difficult as well. <laughs> to, to hit puberty kind of between your sophomore and junior year is... is oh. okay. it's a struggle. In college? Junior year in college? No, thank you. <laughs> I finally made it by then. So I was 15, 16 years old before I finally really hit puberty. And so things changed dramatically by my senior year. And so I definitely changed physically, but more than anything, I, I noticed this incredible mental and emotional change, a social change. I carried myself better. It wasn't an arrogance. It was a confidence. I was much more confident in who I was. And certainly, you know, shooting up six or seven inches in height helps. And, and so I noticed the way, the way women acted around me in a period of just a, a change of maybe 18 months was tremendous from being this completely forgettable guy, from being essentially the gay best friend, the gay little brother wasn't gay or little brother <laughs> and to all of a sudden I was friend zoned all the time to not. So what was so great about I think your transformation and I'm obviously guessing but is that element of surprise to other people. So when someone has an image of you and that's what they know, that's what they expect, that's what they see and then I don't know how long this process was you said like 12 to 18 months or something like that did you just say? Sure. Yeah, so if you know if you saw a girl I don't know from the school over and she's not seeing you on a daily basis and then all of a sudden a year goes by and she's like wait a second is that Matt Reynolds you have that like oh my god wow that's really impressive effect on people and so I'm not saying that people should hide out and hibernate while they go through this process but I think if you really like hold on and seize that moment of that surprise moment that people see you as someone new, that's a really powerful moment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you think about even in... You see this with you know, fully grown adults that go through weight loss and you see yourself losing weight. If, you, you know, if you're overweight and you need to lose weight, you see it every day. So it comes off so slow that you don't really even notice it. And if you have a dramatic weight loss, like you lose 30, 40 pounds, and, and because you were 30 or 40 pounds overweight... And someone hasn't seen you through that entire process. It's a massive, like, man, you look amazing, and you know you don't really realize it in the day to day process. And so, 
Certainly, I felt better about who I was. But sure, I mean, it all came a little slower to me because I was in the weight room every day training and exactly yeah. doing those things. So the backstory here is that there was a girl that I fell in love with really when I was in the eighth grade. She was two years older than me and she was beautiful and like the homecoming queen and super popular and a wonderful human being as well. But I was just, again, I was just like friend zoned. I was the little brother to her. And so because she was two years older than me, she graduated, of course, after my sophomore year, went on to college. And it was really one of those situations exactly like that. And so then I had gone through this period of then a transformation my junior year into my senior year. I started dating a girl in college. And some of my family are actors and went to the show that they acted in. And that girl that I had with my girlfriend, I took my girlfriend from college. And this girl that I had been in love with since eighth grade also happened to be there with her boyfriend. And I hadn't seen her in several years. And she had that moment where she was like, oh my God, like it's the same guy, except he doesn't look like the same guy. And uh, it was dramatically different. And so, really, within actually a day or two, she had reached out. She had actually reached out to my brother and said, hey, what's the story on Matt and his girlfriend? And, and my brother knew I'd really been infatuated with this girl for five years. And so he's like, you're not going to believe who's asking about you. And so uh, that now, actually, my 20th wedding anniversary with that girl comes up in uh, two weeks. I'm two weeks away from being married to her for 20 years. That's amazing. And I love that you still call her that girl. Yeah, it's been awesome. So, so it did. It made a huge difference. And so that impact of weightlifting... And I want to be clear that like it's hard effective training that we do and that we teach in the weight room. That's what I do in business now today. But I think a lot of what it helped me become back then influenced who I am today. So as time has gone on, I've pushed very heavily into that side of the business over the past two decades and have been able to build an extremely successful business at this point. We have about 80 employees and many, many hundreds, well over a thousand clients. I mean, things have gone in really, really well. And I think a lot of it is just because of the impact that I, I saw it have in me back in the late 90s. And now that I watch it have with other people today, and whether that's a 17-year-old a kid trying to start on the football team, whether that's a guy who just has no luck with women and doesn't know how to talk to not just women, but just people, doesn't know how to carry themselves in public... It changes their lives dramatically. Maybe that guy's in their 20s and they're, they're that kind of Gen Z or millennial generation. Or even if it's we've trained people in their 70s and 80s and it just changes their life from a quality of life standpoint. So I don't think that lifting weights or strength training is the most important thing in the world. I really don't. I think there are other things in the world that are more important than that. But what we have found is that it generally works for everyone and it doesn't just generally change your body physically. It changes you from an emotional, mental, social standpoint. And it brings about that confidence. And while I think most of what we see in the fitness world tears down that confidence, you go and join a Globo gym and it's a meat market and it just wrecks you of confidence. It's about people who are trying to wear as little clothes as possible and take pictures of their asses and post it on Instagram. That's not what we do. We train people for the right reasons to be stronger and healthier. And it we watch the confidence change and they become this, you know, they, they spread their wings and fly. And it's, it's sort of like a lot of, uh, you see this ugly duckling sort of syndrome that I feel like I went through as well. And so it's been really cool to watch that process in, in people. So that's, that's really what we do from a business standpoint now. Well, it's so true with the whole emotional thing, because this is the most minute example I think anyone will ever give of confidence change from working out. But I have not worked out in... Many months, I have succumbed to this isolation. I get very lethargic and sedated. And so two days ago, I did like a 15-minute workout. It was nothing. I knew if I did anything more than I did, I wouldn't be able to walk. But yesterday and today, I woke up 
incredibly sore in my legs, especially. But the feeling of that muscle in my legs, obviously, I didn't gain muscle, but I just used my muscle. And when I stood there and I was this morning, I was putting in my contacts and I kind of, you know, was using a little bit of my leg to lean on or whatever. And I could see a little muscle definition and that's just normally there, but I could feel the muscle working. And I felt like I feel sexy because I feel my muscles and I feel engaged in my body and it feels kind of cool. Not cool, like cool dude, but it just feels like something that I could see because of that tiny, tiny, tiny sliver of working out for 15 minutes two days ago, how it made me feel like almost sexier and what then that can do to your personality and how you present yourself. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So what do people do to start working out but not turn into that meathead so that they are arrogant and they are kind of obnoxious? Because I think so many guys hear the story of like, I was a nerd and now I lift weights and I'm a muscle man and women love me for my muscles and they take it way too extreme. How do you back that off a little bit and keep it so they have a good personality still? Yeah, that's a great question. So I really think it's the reason behind why you, why you train, right? So I know you've, you've got listeners here that probably lean towards that bodybuilding style. And that's fine. It's a ton of work. But the reality is, is that bodybuilders train just to look good in the mirror. It's, it's about aesthetics only. And while I understand that a lot of your listeners, the goal here is to how to be confident and how to talk to women and how to present well and how to... All of those things are important. If the only goal is aesthetics, you're kind of a shallow person. I mean, like everybody wants to look better. There's nothing wrong with that. Like who doesn't want to look better? But if that's the singular goal, that's the difference between bodybuilders who their entire life, like all they want to do is eat chicken breasts and broccoli and go stand on stage and in a pink thong bikini and oil their body up and have a beauty pageant with other dudes. That's not what we do, right? Like what we do is we train for performance and we train for health. And the byproduct of that is aesthetic increases and confidence increase. And so if the goal is to train for performance and health, and the rest of the stuff will take care of itself. If the goal is to look great in the pink thong bikini Speedo, and hey, everybody wants to look good in the Speedo, right? But if that's the singular goal, that's a pretty shallow thing. And so that's the difference between the kind of meathead who only cares about lifting weights. And you know, our primary demographic tends to be people who are in, like in their... Men who are in their 30s or like business executives, that's our primary demographic that we train. We don't train bodybuilders. We don't train competitive powerlifters. That doesn't mean that some people that work for me haven't been that in the past. I won my pro card in Strongman. There's a more of a story that's kind of funny that I would even leave this part out. But I fell so in love with, with training is that I, I became an elite level powerlifter and then in 2006 became a professional strongman and, and toured on the World Strongest Man circuit from 06 to 09. I opened a big gym. The gym blew up over several years. Like all of that stuff sort of... But for me, it was never really about that. It was about who it allowed me to become, the doors that it allowed me to open. And it wasn't about how big I was or how much weight I lift. Listen, guys that are stronger are a dime a dozen. But also guys that are weak and guys that are frail cannot be... like It's almost impossible to be attractive to the opposite sex when you are that, right? So there is clearly a line that can be passed. And so and here's the deal. This is the other piece. It's not that easy to become a big meathead. So everybody knows the guy at the gym that's probably on a bunch of performance-enhancing drugs. And 
lifts all the time and all they care about is lifting weights. But I hear this all the time from both men and women. We train a ton of ladies too. And like, why well, don't want to get bulky? Like, do you know how hard it is to get bulky? Are you taking a bunch of drugs? No, I'm not taking drugs. Well, then you're probably not going to get bulky, right? All you got to do is walk into a university gym, a bunch of college age guys who are basically walking bottles of testosterone, even without taking drugs. I mean, they're just, they're 22 years old. They have high testosterone and they all weigh 160 pounds and can't put on muscle anyway. And they're trying. So it's not like you're going to wake up one day and be like, oh my God, I'm a 250 pound linebacker that looks like I can play in the NFL. It doesn't happen. So what we do is we train, we use the lifts that bring us the best bang for the buck, whether you're a male or female. So that's things like the squat and the deadlift, the basic barbell lifts. And we train to get better at those things. And we watch our confidence increase, right? And then we watch our bodies get better. And then we that combines to make us healthier socially and mentally and and all of those things. And so that's that's just been the byproduct. And that's the norm. That's not the exception to the rule. Everybody that does it like that, it works. I've noticed from guys that I work with when I work with them on banter, they seem to go to extremes. Men don't seem to really take nuance as seriously as women or they don't notice nuance the way women do. So if I say to someone that I'm teaching the banter stuff to, if I say add a little flirtation, they immediately jump to being kind of gross or adding innuendo or being too in your face with it. And there's that happy medium. And so with the workout stuff, I fear that guys like, oh, you should work out and get buff. And all of a sudden they think the only option is to become a super like meaty kind of guy and girls are into that. They're not. So I'm basically just restating this whole thing that we just talked about for men listening, that a middle ground is very important and very attractive when you can be multidimensional. So you're a dude with confidence, but you're also humble. And the thing about you having that reveal with your wife when she hadn't seen you for a long time, I think what was positive about you feeling like this took a while to get to this place, I think that's positive because you don't know exactly what other people are seeing. So you have a sense of humbleness and you have like a sense of a little realness or you're still a human being because you, you forgot because it took you so long to get to where you went, you know, in your mind, even though a course of six months to a year really isn't that much, but it keeps you kind of likable. So essentially, I just feel it's so important to stress to guys not to take anything to the extreme, especially something like this. Just use it, like you said, to get healthier and to get confidence. So you work with dudes like over the internet coaching working yeah, out or something yeah, so they can have access to you. You don't have to be in your gym or anything. Yeah, it's been a, a phenomenal business for us and, and it's actually done pretty well in the middle of the crisis, in the middle of the pandemic. We provide online coaching from expert strength coaches. So when I say the word strength coach, we don't call ourselves trainers. A lot of people would say like we're personal trainers. So if you imagine what a professional strength coach would be for a professional team, an NBA team, an NFL team, a Major League Baseball team, or maybe a strength coach for a Division One college team, what we do is similar to that, but we do it in the private sector one-on-one with clients. And so the difference between us and the rest of the online coaching community, which is primarily selling programs, right? You see the Instagram model and they're like, oh, you know, shoot me this email and 50 bucks and I'll send you a program to, you know, booty blaster Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like that's not what we do. What we do is we train our clients. We have an app. The clients video themselves training, working out either at their gym or at their house or wherever it is with the equipment that they have. Certainly for the last several months, everybody's at their house. 
And then we break down those videos. Like we actually watch every video. We do screen recordings of us breaking down your video. So I'm watching you squat and I'm talking to you about how you squat. Oh, you know, you're a little forward on your knees, sit back a little more, or you're on your toes, get back on your heels, you know, things like that. And so we, we walk through the X's and O's of those things. And so we actually coach rather than selling programs or templates. That's not what we do. It's very personalized. And because of that, it allows us, it's a pretty high, you know, it's a high touch concierge system. It starts like 220 bucks and goes on up from there. It's not a $35 Excel spreadsheet. That's not what we do. And so listen, I'm surrounded by this incredible team of people. Like my coaches are surgeons. They're doctors of in physical therapy. I've got engineers that work for us. I've got one of my VPs is an aerospace engineer that left Boeing to work for us. We're not talking about the 19-year-old kid with the purple polo on that says trainer on his polo. It's that's not who we're <laughs> And so you pay for the expert coach because there are not very many expert coaches. But the nice thing is, is that for most people, they don't live in a city where they have access to an expert coach. And even if they did, they might not be able to make it fit with their schedule to see that expert coach. And even if they did, expert coaches like us... I'm in the Midwest. I live in Missouri where coaches and trainers don't cost very much. I'm $200 an hour in person. That's expensive to go see somebody for... 12 sessions a month. But to pay $200 or $300 a month to have a person like me coach you, like it's affordable. You can train where you want, when you want, in the gym at your house, in any gym you have access to. It worked, man, it works really, really well. And so it's just kind of the highest level of concierge online coaching. And it's worked great. And what we've seen is we didn't know it was going to be this way, but we found this niche that was more guys. So we're about 80% male. 20% female, and we're guys that are mostly like 28, 29, 30 to 55 because they're people that are more settled in life. They can afford the thing. They're not going to get tired of it and go do hot yoga and get tired of that and go do CrossFit. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but it's people that understand like we're going to do this thing that's simple, hard, and effective because yes, we want to look better, but mostly we want to perform well and we want to be healthy. We want to be confident. You were talking about that a minute ago. I mean, the difference between arrogance and confidence. It's a fine line, but the way people interpret that and receive it is dramatically different, right? Like, you're not going to be attracted to a guy that's arrogant and that, that looks exactly the same way, but carries himself well and is confident, but still is able to be humble. Maybe he's able to be emotive when necessary or like transparent or vulnerable if he's healthy, right? Like, then it's a complete change in your mind and your attractiveness, and not just in a relationship or sexual or physical manner. But it's also very different to people who that's not even... A, you'll be received differently from members of the same sex or from people that you do business with. Or it's about the way you carry yourself. And so to be able to carry yourself with confidence, not because you think you're the best in the world, but because you're proud of what you've done. And at the same time, you're humble enough to be able to give credit to the other people around you who've helped make you that way. It's pretty, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Since I've been doing the show, I've learned a lot in terms of the self-help stuff. Because when I first started hosting the show, I was such a naysayer. I'm still a naysayer in certain aspects for sure. But I was such a naysayer in terms of ever being able to change anyone in general, not just myself. And I've now done the show for so long that I've witnessed transformations. And I think they're so possible. But with this, I think having the background of maybe being the nerd in school or being self-conscious can really serve you and be a benefit because so many people that 
get to the point that you are now, but started out that way, don't have the kind of dynamicness that you have. And so for guys listening to the show, the ones who are totally lacking in self-esteem and they're not where they want to be emotionally or physically, and they're they're feeling the same way that you were, and which is the way I felt, which is that I was like the best at being mediocre. That stuff now can serve them because they'll have that balance of being this person who had to actually make a journey or take a trip to get to this point to become this person. And then you have so much more depth. And I'm speaking directly to the listeners. So rather than feeling down on yourself, if you aren't fit, if you're not taking steps to do this stuff, look at that as like a good thing because you'll be so much better off after you do these things because you'll be that ugly duckling who's blossomed into the swan. And then that swan is bad as a badass because they had to go through so much to get there. Yeah, I want to take a break real quick. And then when we come back, I want to talk about steps guys can take right now that are so not fit and so not knowing where to start to get started to start making a transformation. So we will be right back. Stress is bad for us. We know that it does all sorts of shit (laughs) to everything in our body, including our skin. People who stress more age faster. So first of all, you need to work on the stress, but you also need to do what you can for your skin to keep it in amazing shape so that when you got all that stress going on, your skin is still looking great. So how do you even get your skin to look great in the first place and keep it that way? You go to Tiege Hanley. Tiege Hanley is a one-stop shop for men's skincare. Go on their website and take the quiz to find out exactly what your skin needs to look its best. And they will send you all the necessary products packed into one system for you with convenient shipping straight to your door every month. So awesome, so convenient. I wish there was something like this for women. I've said this before, so please someone start this business because there is a need for it. And the best part is this will not break the bank because they have these systems for only $25. And if you go to tiege.com slash askwomen, you'll get an even better deal on your first box. So $25, just so you know, one lotion for me, for a woman, $25 plus. I mean, usually if you want a really, 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 really high and brand, they're like $100 plus. Anyway, you're getting a freaking deal. There's no reason not to do this. That's T-I-E-G-E dot com slash ask women. Start taking care of your skin today. You'll thank me tomorrow. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making their way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. BetOnline has all the best odds, lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. As you know by now, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health by starting Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I've already dropped about 18 pounds, and I'm not the only one. Kendrick Perkins is down about 30 pounds. 
And we're just two of 11,000 who found the solution for weight loss. No gym, no medication, no tricks or gimmicks. Awaken 180, a combination of science, nutrition, and expert one-on-one coaching. If you have weight to lose, I recommend you call Paige and her team. You'll lose weight starting the first week and each and every week until you get to your ideal weight. Awaken 186 locations, but during this lockdown, they're starting clients virtually. The same program from the comforts of your home. Simply log in to awaken180weightloss.com. Fill out the form online and start your weight loss transformation. Awaken 180 Weight Loss, the official weight loss program for the Boston Red Sox. And we're back. And I want to do a Marnie thing, which is ask for three things guys can do right now. She's good at doing this kind of actionable advice stuff. So I'm embodying her for a second. What are three things that guys can do right now to get started and kind of pull themselves out of this hole that they dug themselves into? Sure. So number one is actually radical self-honesty. You've got to be able to be self-honest. You have to know where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. And uh, I think too often guys lie to themselves to try to make themselves feel better. And I agree with what you were saying before the break. I would not trade my background of being raised as the skinny, nerdy, and also poor kid. I wouldn't trade that for the world. Because then once you come out of that and have learned how to work through it, like it took a ton of work to get there, right? And it's weird because we've been successful in business now over the last several years. I have kids. And I'm like, man, am I screwing up my kids because we're successful? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that I was raised with like hand me down clothes. And so it's the same thing there. Like, listen, if you were raised and you were one of those people that just like a natural athlete, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's not like, your fault either, but like, go screw yourself. You know, I like, know. That's it's just like, damn it. So, I know. If, you know, Michael Jordan was a terrible coach. He was a terrible coach for a reason. He was the best player in the world. He, his return on his investment for work... Listen, the guy had the best work ethic ever, but his return on investment was exponentially higher than anyone has ever received. And so he can't coach. The best coaches are the most mediocre people who had to work their ass off to try to be... Star- I always said, like all the sports I played in high school, I was the worst starter on the team. So I was at a big high school. I usually started, but I was clearly the worst starter on the team. So I would look at the bench and be like, there's three guys on the bench that are better than me. And I don't know why I'm starting. Well, I started because I worked hard, right? So understanding, number one, self-honesty where you are. Number two, you don't wait to start, right? As people listen to this, you're still a lot of you are still going to be stuck in quarantine. You're like, man, the gyms aren't open. That is not an excuse. For all of human history, there weren't any gyms until the last 30 or 40 or 50 years. That's it. So like grab a kettlebell, grab some bands, grab a heavy rock, do some body weight stuff. And here's the thing, focus on the lifts that use the most muscle mass. And so at home, that might literally be air squats and push-ups and sit-ups and dips. And if you have a kettlebell or a dumbbell, like maybe it's kettlebell swings or dumbbell swings or like whatever those things are, we stick with the most basic movements. That's the point. So you start there. If you can... You want to add a little bit, preferably you would like to add a little bit of weight every single session, every single time. But you have to add stress every single session, every single time. 
I would rather people add weight because I think strength carries over better than anything else. But if you're stuck at home and all you have is one dumbbell or one kettlebell, you can't add weight. So what do you do? You add reps or you add frequency. And if you want to add stress, just have your wife come in the room. There you go. And she could yell at you while you do kettlebell swings. About the dishes, like, It feels yes. a little more natural now. I feel like in my natural habitat. <laughs> I'm uh, super stressed. That's right. And I don't want a kettlebell. I want kettle chips. Actually, it's good. We talk a lot about that on our podcast, the, you know, the difference between what we call productive stress and unproductive stress. Ah. So like, obviously, one of the things as a coach, I need to have a good enough relationship with my client that if my client, if they're having arguments with their wife or their girlfriend leaves them or they get fired from their job or they're struggling with money or whatever those things are, I need to have an open enough relationship with my client that they can tell me that because that affects their training. It has to. Right, we've all been there. Like you have a terrible breakup, and like you can't do any. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You certainly can't exercise. You can try to exercise, but it's not going to be very good. And so, so that stuff matters. And so, what I want to do is I want to add productive stress from session to session. So I want to do a little bit more than I did last time. Whether it's a little more weight or a few more reps, right? A little more volume. Maybe I was going two days a week or three days a week. I'm going to bump it to four days a week and do that. Like. Those are all ways to increase stress. And that's what you do today. And all of that bullshit movement that's just like works one muscle, one muscle. I'm not going to do wrist curls and one arm dumbbell curls that only work a single muscle group. I'm going to try to get the biggest bang for my buck. I would hope most of the guys that are listening to this podcast are focused enough around self-improvement that they, they want to do the thing that brings them the greatest return on investment. And that's things like... Squats. We were made to squat. We either evolved or were created to squat. Like you're made to go down and come back up, right? Pick up heavy things. That's a deadlift. That's basic stuff, right? Heavy pressing, overhead, bench pressing, things like that. Like those basic movements are what it's all about. Chin ups, pull ups. Go out to the garage and get on the rafters and do pull up, like that kind of stuff. Like what you saw in Rocky Four when the Rocky was getting ready to fight the Russian. Like go out and do that stuff today, like not tomorrow. Not the next day, start right now. That's one of the biggest things that you can do today. And then the third one I would say is eat enough protein. Guys don't eat enough protein. That's all there is to it. We know that testosterone, natural testosterone is way lower today in the average male than it was over the past 100 years. That's a problem, right? That's a huge problem. Yeah, by the way, if you're over 40, if you're listening right now and you're over 40, you should go get your testosterone checked. And if your doctor says it's low, he'll prescribe that. It's not, you're not a guy buying steroids out of the back of some guy's car at Gold's Gym. That's not what we're doing. It's a doctor that's making sure that your hormone levels are correct, right? But for people who are in their 20s and 30s or to listen to this, you got to eat enough protein. You need 200 grams of protein a day. That's not going to turn you into a muscle man. You're not going to like be the Hulk in three weeks. That's never going to happen. But it's going to support the muscle growth that you need. It's going to repair your body. And it's going to make sure that it's going to keep your testosterone levels in check to make sure that they're not... I don't want the testosterone of a 12-year-old little girl. <laughs> Which might be higher than some guys today. You see it all the time. On one level, it's not really their fault because it's just like what culture is and sort of they're wired to be that genetically. but there are things you can do to make sure you bolster that. And training is one of those things that you can do. And eating enough protein is another one of those things. So that's, that's the thing. Start training today, eat enough protein, and then be radically self-honest with, with what you're doing, who you are. Those are all great pieces of advice. I've always been curious about protein that doesn't come from natural substances, I guess, which would be animals or something. But what's the difference between getting your protein and protein shakes and protein bars versus meats. Is there one? Sure. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's very simply, the thing that the most of the protein that comes in shakes, specifically shakes, 
is whey protein. And that comes from milk. So that's actually a natural protein too, right? So oh, I remember okay. when we were little okay. kids, right? Little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet eating her curds and whey. Curds are like cottage cheese. Whey is the liquid part of cottage cheese. They take that liquid stuff, they dehydrate it off. It's whey protein. That's it, right? I never associated curds and whey with whey protein. That's funny. I just never... That's right. So it's funny. And the curds are what's called casein protein, which is a the other type of protein that's in milk. And so the thing that you get, the real question is not the difference between like whey protein and meat, which is really they're basically identical. Although I would tell you, you've got a bad habit if you're drinking three protein shakes a day and just not eating meat. Like you should eat meat, eggs right. and chicken and fish and... And well, like if someone just substitutes a meal or two, is that okay to totally do? fine. Yeah. I mean, sometimes okay. you just have to get it to be able to get it in. You work a busy life. Right. But the real question is, what's the difference between those proteins and like vegetable proteins or vegetarian proteins? And so we have lots of clients that are with us that are vegetarians. And I totally get it from a cultural standpoint, from a religious standpoint. We're not here to tell you what your morality should be. So if you have an issue with eating meat, we're going to do the best we can with what we've got. But Soy protein, pea protein, bean protein, nut protein is not nearly as high quality as meat, protein, milk, eggs, and of course, whey comes from milk. And so, and part of that is because protein is made up of amino acids, and there are essential amino acids, and three of those essential amino acids are the branch chain amino acids. And those are the ones that really have been proven to build muscle. And when you eat protein, you need three grams of leucine. And you're like, I don't know what he's talking about, but here's the deal. If you eat one serving of meat, like the size of your fist, it will have at least three grams of leucine in it. But if you eat pea protein or soy protein or wheat protein or rice protein or bean protein or nut protein, it won't. And you have to have three grams of leucine to start the muscle protein synthesis process. And so this is why you see people from other cultures who don't eat meat and they look like Gandhi because they don't eat meat, right? <laughs> Which is my goal weight. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, it's, so it's like maybe that's what you're trying to do. So yeah, so the key is to try to get your protein from natural. And listen, there are certainly things that we can do to make sure that you can eat some of those proteins like bean protein and nut protein and whatnot. And then you can actually supplement with the branch chain amino acids to make sure. But my goal is to have my clients eat as few supplements as possible and as much real food as possible. Sometimes you got to supplement because they just can't get enough in. But uh, in general, it's not that hard to eat. You know, you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and a protein shake a day and you're there. It's that simple. So did you have to do a big diet change when you were in high school because you know you were going through puberty and having so much changes? Was a diet a huge part of your change? Yeah. Do you want to know what I did for real? (laughs) It was crazy. Yeah, Yeah. So I drank a gallon of milk a day every day for seven years. Oh my God, the gas, the farts. I did it. I can only imagine. And and, and listen, I live in Missouri, so I can buy like raw milk. It doesn't cause like gastrointestinal distress, but you know, because they sell you that stuff here for cheap because there's cows everywhere. But yeah, that's what I did. I graduated high school as 155 pounds and I got into powerlifting and and which was just a sport that where you do the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift. And about two years after high school, I was 250. So I put on 100 pounds in two years. And again, we're talking about, right? Like, listen, guys. I know that that's not what you want to be. That's I totally get it. Remember, my goal was to be a professional powerlifter and then a professional strongman. The goal was to literally... You guys have seen like Thor from the Game of Thrones, like the mountain. That guy is 6'9", 460. That's insane. And here I was at 6'1", 
250 and trying to compete against that guy and getting the shit kicked out of me. Holy moly. So I'm not, I'm really, I'm not trying to make you go from 150 to 250. Most of you guys need to go from 150 or 160 or 170 to 185. You need to put on 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah. You don't need to be all like, you know, you don't need to be bodybuilder like, you don't need to be Jersey Shore. You need to eat. But that was my goal. I went, I was a super competitive kid who was super competitive in high school that because I was an average athlete, wasn't good enough to play college sports. And so when I got into college, I was like, I'm going to compete at weightlifting. That's what I'm going to do. And so I wanted to gain the weight. I did everything I could. Well, that's such an awesome story to hear because like where I am right now, I'm at my parents' house and I'm in this kind of Missouri-like town, <laughs> which you could yeah. not hopefully not take as an insult. But basically, there, yeah. there's not much going on and there's sure. not much inspiration around. So I'm not seeing people doing things and making changes. And I'm kind of seeing this just humdrum life around me. So this was even good for me to kind of just get motivated for, for making a change. I want to wrap up the show with one more thing just surrounding women and a newfound confidence. I don't really know exactly the question to ask, but I lean toward something to do with how do you start embracing this confidence? What do you do? What Do you wait until you're at your goal? Or do you start feeling that confidence right from the get-go, even if you're not really seeing any changes? That's a great question. No, of course you don't wait, right? So we know that the only thing that fixes anxiety is to do the thing you're anxious about. Right. So if you're anxious to talk to other people, you're anxious to talk to women, then you have to be able to do that and you have to be able to do well and you have to be able to fail and you have to be able to... Listen, here's a great example. So I've owned business now for 15 years. I've had to fire a ton of people. You know how shitty it is to fire your first person? It's awful. Yeah. The first person I fired cried in my office for 42 minutes. You know whose fault? Oh, God. My fault for letting them cry in my office for 42 minutes, right? right? But as I've done it more and more, it's like, I don't like confrontation and awkward conversations any more than the next person. I hate them actually, but I don't run from them anymore. Right. And so here's the deal. You're nervous to talk to people. You're especially nervous to talk to women and members of the opposite sex. Like things like the coffee date is pretty safe. And it's not like uber romantic. Like don't you don't have to take somebody to a nice dinner and go out to a to have drinks and cocktails. Like go get a coffee lunch. And just talk to people like there's with no expectation. Like, one, you don't need to try to sleep with that person. You don't need to try to marry that person, right? Like, that's not the goal. The goal is can I talk to a member of the opposite sex and not sweat to death the whole time I'm doing it and not be nervous? And the answer is the first time you do it, you are going to sweat to death and you are going to be nervous and you're going to do it again. That's right. You have to do it, right? So you have to talk and you have to put yourself out there. Get off the goddamn internet. Like, stop being internet jockeys. Like, get off of the the forums. Like, you've got to go talk to humans. Get off your phone and go and go talk to people. It's not. It's actually not that hard. And I get it. It is that hard for some of you right now. It's okay. But the only way to get over that anxiety is to get it over with over and over and over. And you'll refine your craft and learn how to go talk to somebody. And then and then if you're healthy, and I want to be clear, right? There are guys out there that are like. They go to home and they they're masturbating with their tears at home at oh, nighttime, like you yeah. know, like it's it's that. It's you know, they're, they're going home yeah. and like you need to be able to be transparent and vulnerable if you're healthy. Now you don't go and talk to somebody and be like, "Let me tell you about like I laid up all night crying and cutting myself." Like that's that's not right, what I'm talking right, about, right? right. But right. once you start to develop that confidence and you train, then to be like, "Hey, like people can see, they can tell you train, and they can tell you're confident." So now to be able to be 
open and honest and not just transparent, but transparent to the point of vulnerability, I think is very attractive, very sexy for members of the opposite sex to go like, here's a guy who's very confident, but he understands where he's coming from. He can emote, right? Like, I'm not talking about like, we're going to go cry and watch the notebook. I'm just talking about being able to emote, be like in touch with those things and be able to be transparent to the point of vulnerability. And then to me, transparency is freedom. The more I hide that stuff, and again, let me be clear, you better be pretty healthy, right? So if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, I wouldn't be super transparent on the coffee date. That's a that's a red flag, right? <laughs> but if you're generally place. that's right. If you're generally healthy, being able to be transparent, there's a lot of freedom in that because you don't have to then hide behind I'm wearing a mask, I'm trying to be somebody I'm not. And the and the confidence well, listen, gives you that. I'm sorry. I have to cut in because this you just said exactly what I just went through yesterday. I'm not really dating much or at all, really. I wasn't looking for anyone. I still am really not. But for my business, I write guys dating profiles and I also teach them how to banter. So I do try to stay a little bit up to date on the dating apps. And so I was on an app and came across someone that I found very, very, very interesting. And I rarely have extended chats on there. But Right now, I'm at my parents for this COVID, but I was here before. I'm trying to get out, but stuff keeps happening where like I can't seem to leave. And the minute I was trying to leave, then this isolation stuff happened. But anyway, the whole point of this is to say, the guy I was chatting with basically asked where I was. Where am I living through this weird COVID time? And I went, oh God, oh no, oh no, oh no. Now I have to like reveal that I'm living with my parents and I don't want him to know that. I'm so embarrassed. And how am I going to... I don't want to lie because then what if we actually like each other and then I have to admit I lied. But I also don't want to tell him because I don't want him to not like me and da da da. I got very in my head. And so I tried to angle it in a way. I said, I met my parents for COVID. No shame in, in being with your parents during COVID kind of thing. And he came right back and said, I think it was a relief for him because he came back to say, I'm also living at my parents for a while during this. And so I think we both got to just be transparent and let down those guards. And you probably breathed a big sigh of relief when that happened. Like the I literally did. Yeah. I literally breathed an actual sigh of relief. Yeah. So yeah, difference. transparency is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I do. It shouldn't be that simple. I think it is that simple. I think for most guys, like the, the and here's the deal. In the same way that I was wired, and you told me in your story too, that we were wired to be like very, very like great at being mediocre, right? I always I use the term painfully average. There are people out there that weren't that. Right, that they were just awesome. They were like born awesome. They were all American kid. There are going to be people that are listening to this, guys that are listening to this, that they just naturally can talk to anybody. They naturally talk to women. They can can control a room, and that's fine, right? But that's for a lot of your listeners. That's not who they are, and it's going to take some work. And the only way to get the work is to actually get that experience in, right? It's that old like ten thousand hour rule. Do the coffee dates. They're safe, right? Do the church dates. Oh, God. 10,000 like, hours of coffee. Go through the roof. Then you'll always That's right. Out. <laughs> you might have a heart attack. But <laughs> you've got to do that to get over the anxiety. And what you'll find is if you continue to do those things while you train and while you see your confidence change. So I, I think it's actually more awkward to be like the guy that used to be like the super nerdy guy who played on 4chan all day long. And then all of a sudden he started lifting and he came out 18 months later. And he's like, I look awesome, but like he has no idea how to talk to people. Right. Good point. You don't learn how to talk to people during that process while you change. Such a good point. I love that. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. So that's where you start. I love the analogy. Now, I never had thought about this before, that the gym 
is just like talking to women where you have to go through the discomfort. You're going to sweat. You're going to not enjoy it. It's going to be torture. You're going to dread it. And then day by day, you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And all of a sudden, those changes come. So I love that analogy. And on that note, I'm going to wrap up the show, but this was awesome and you were awesome and super knowledgeable. So how can people get in touch with you if they want your services? Yeah, absolutely. So just Barbell Logic. You can find us anywhere. If your listeners aren't smart enough to find us, then they shouldn't find us. <laughs> you can Google us anywhere with Barbell Logic on all, the, on all the social media. And I'll tell you this, if you want to learn some really practical advice, we have a great podcast. The Barbell Logic, I think, is the most popular podcast in strength right now. But oh, there, are, there are 320 podcasts out there. So 320 episodes. That's a lot of episodes to listen to and it's overwhelming. The place to start is to go to our YouTube channel and search for Barbell Logic. We do a lot of really high-end well-produced, everything you'd want to know about strength training and fitness. And the videos are all like three, four, five minutes long. They're really short and digestible. And so if you're like, how do I learn more about this stuff? That's the place to go. From a business perspective, we are always going to make content for free. We understand that not everybody can afford our services. It's fine. We're doing great. We would love to have you as part of our team. And part one of our clients would be awesome. But also, we want people to get value out of just the content we make. So we've got a great podcast. We've got great articles on the website. We have incredible YouTube videos. We've got a super professional production team that makes those things. And so that's the place to start. Just like start consuming content and learning and then get out there and start today. I love it. And I'm so excited for Marnie's... Uh, she gets the emails. But I really feel like in like 6 months from now or a year from now, people will be like, that man Reynolds really helped me and now I'm getting the chicks. So... Maybe we'll forward, forward those off to you if you can find them in your email. And go marry them and have a bunch of yeah. babies and move to the Midwest. That's what you guys should do. Right. That's what do it like we do it. So I got my 20th wedding anniversary coming up and uh, wouldn't change it for the world. So yeah, find that good girl and then put that ring on her finger, settle her down, move to Missouri, live like a king on 85 grand a year. That's the life. I'm going to send that to the guy that I'm talking to on Hinge right now. I'm going to say, this guy said to marry me and just move to Missouri. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Once you figure out you like her, Mary put that ring on her finger, have a bunch of babies and kill it in the Midwest. Awesome. Hey, listen, we're opened up. I went on my first date last night in two and a half months with my wife because we opened up a little bit. Oh, I had right. a be- I had an amazing dinner, right? Farm to table, had Tons cocktails from a real bartender. It was nails. I Loved am it. so jealous. All I want to do is awesome. go out to a bar and have a drink and like yeah. waste money at Target. That's all. <laughs> Right, right. That's right. all I want. That's all I want. I so much money at Lowe's in the last two months because, like, that's the store that's open. Right. Lowe's and Home Depot, right? Like, it's insane. I bet I've, I bet I've spent $10,000 at Lowe's in the last two months. Oh my God. Because everybody else closed. What are you going to do? I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just going to buy a bunch of stuff at Lowe's. Yeah, why so, not? That's like yeah. the female Target. It's a female version of that's Target. That's right. It's exactly yeah. it's true. It's, yeah. So I'm like, middle class, fancy, neat dad over here <laughs> spending money at Lowe's. So, hey, thanks for having me on the show. It was a blast. Yeah, so grateful that you were here and make sure to check out Matt's stuff. And if you guys ever need help uh, with your banter or your profiles online, I can get your online skills in shape. Well, not in shape physically, but in shape more like wordily. So go to kristenandchill.com and new episodes come out every Thursday. So be sure to look for those or subscribe and please rate, comment, all that kind of stuff. Send the show to a friend and we will see you guys next week. 